listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. For the scripture this morning, we're continuing in the book of Proverbs. Today I'll be reading chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises a parent's instruction, but the one who heeds admonition is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the minds of fools. The word of God for the people of God. Good morning. So this is a unique experience for all of us that Dan has been here and doing the whole thing uh, until now. So um, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. I could have given you 40 verses, but I am very kind. (laughs) Um, I have been really excited about this sermon. as Pastor Dan was talking through all the different things that can come out of Proverbs and he came to words, I was like, yes, please. And he's like, oh, good, because I don't want that one. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm a huge proponent for using the proper words, for taking time in conversation. Um, If you and I have ever had a difficult, deep conversation, you'll notice I like to take a lot of deep breaths while figuring out what it is that I'm going to say. Um, So to get us warmed up, I actually started thinking about our culture and the way that um, our culture has taught us about words, because it is not quite the same as what I'm going to say today. Um, I want to see if you know some of these common phrases. So if you don't have anything nice to say, Okay, I like that one. We'll come back to that, but I do like that one. Um, Children should be seen. I'm rubber and you're glue, whatever you say. Yeah. Good job. I was wondering if everybody would know that one. Um, Sticks and stones may break my bones. Good job, church. That one, that one's rough. Um, as stated in many Proverbs sermons, we, uh, we don't want you to walk away with principles or promises. We want you to learn principles from these verses. Um, Proverbs surrounding words and the tongue very much connect wisdom to using our words well. Um, because words really matter. Uh, Dan has pointed out topical searches are, is not the best way to read Proverbs, um, but we're doing it anyway with three things, um, words being one of them. And 
And there were so many verses to choose from. I wrote a two-hour sermon, so get real comfortable. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, David, I promise. Um, (laughs) um, Today, I'm actually not going to even come close to addressing what our culture calls swear words. Um, You guys all know the words that can take a situation and make it so much worse. Um, My encouragement to you is to always be mindful of the audience that you are speaking with. Um, in that. All right, so the way that we choose to communicate with one another is super important. As we just heard in our reading, Proverbs 15.4 says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Um, I do prefer the way the message translation says it. Um, I think I have the message up there. Yes, kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Proverbs 12:18 says rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Why do our words matter so much? Our words have power. We're going to think about this second verse. Think about a sword. If we if we stabs, I don't know what you do with a sword. You thrust it into somebody. Um, you can pull that sword back out, but you cannot pull the wound back out. The wound may heal, but there will forever be a scar where you stabbed the person. James 3, 5 says, The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Words stick with us longer than a lot of memories. Hurtful words can start fires in our souls that take years to put out. Words can do an entire forest fire worth of damage, and the worst one used toward us can scar us and leave permanent lasting damage for the rest of our lives, especially when the intention to hurt is there. We've all had our share of negative things said in our direction. I will share a few with you in hopes that you don't do this first one to somebody. Um, Being a mom of a fairly large family in today's standards, uh, if you don't know, I have five biological kids and one bonus amazing child. Um, So I only have six. That's not that many. Right? Um, So my favorite thing that is spoken at me on a regular basis is, you do know how kids are made, don't you? Well, yeah, that's why we have so many. But also, hearing this over and over and over, especially spoken in front of my children, is super negative. My kids are an absolute blessing, and I am so thankful for each one of them, no matter how they came into my life. And when you are a mom fighting postpartum depression and hearing that statement, it is never helpful. It's never helpful. Um, and, and I'll have another story. One of my kids, who will remain nameless, um, was told by a few people that they couldn't sing well. And so you know what they did? They stopped singing for years, and I didn't know why until recently this child of mine shared with me. Well, we're going to fast forward a couple years. They recently started to sing at the top 
of their lungs in front of me, and I am just ridiculously excited. And this is because multiple people over multiple years have had to say sentences too numerous to count for them to believe in themselves again, all because of two sentences that were uttered by two separate people that left that scar. So I'm really grateful that this person has started singing again. And my guess is that the majority of us out here have these stories. We carry these scars. Maybe it was a friend who cut down something you thought you were good at. Maybe it was a person in power or influence in your life saying something that you didn't have the skill set to do and you really thought that you were made for that. Maybe it was a family of origin issue causing undue harm on your psyche as it was being formed, hearing shame-based words in your direction over and over. Maybe it was somebody in the church who commented on something that they needn't comment on. We all have our wounds. The phrases that stick with us when we go out of our comfort zone. Personal note, very vulnerable moment right now. The things that go through my head when they come up here are all those wounds, are the hurts, are the the little things that maybe were said in the right intention, but I haven't been able to let them go. And so we've heard it said that it shouldn't matter what other people say, and we should only find our strength in ourselves, but it's easier said than done. So if you find yourself in that same boat, know that you are not alone. But the flip side of this coin can be so good. Positive, kind, gentle words have a way that truly breathe life into us. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Uh, When I first started preaching, I was really struggling with the idea that I could even do this, that I could actually deliver a sermon. Um, I prayed so hard the week leading up uh, to the first full-length sermon that I gave um, that God would find a way to anoint me, would find a way to send me a sign. And I was teetering on the edge of my calling. And I got to church that day. This wasn't here. This was years ago at a previous church. Um, And I had an elder whom I adore come right up to me, lay her hands on me, and just said, anointed. God is with you right now. You are anointed to share the word. Uh, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something along those lines. That was the message. And in that moment, my ability to get in front up in front of the church and preach, it jumped so high. I knew to my core that I could do the thing that I was ready to run away from. I could feel the presence of God in the most tangible way. And if she hadn't listened to what God told her to say to me that day, I might not be standing here now. Um, As I was coming up with examples, I was trying really hard to not bring up things that have happened more recently. But let me tell you something, I've had more positive words spoken to me here than in my last four churches combined. Uh, I feel love and encouragement in a way in this 
place with you people that I, uh, I just want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, uh, you guys are really good at building Pastor Dan and I up, and I want to encourage you to take that energy and build up those around you as well. Create life in the person next to you, too. Uh, if you are in doubt of what to say, I actually... <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt of what to say, just yell encouraging words at them. That's what I do with my children. I know I don't really mean that. It would be really weird if we were all yelling positive things at each other. However, I do that on a regular basis. Um, but if you do, if you don't know what to say, it's okay to just say, I'm really grateful for you today. Thank you for being here. It's really nice to meet you. Um, Part of me wants to stop and make you do that to each other right now, but I won't. I won't. <laughs> so after church, I hope I hear a lot of encouragement to everybody. Um, there are people, I can guarantee you, that you are sitting around right now who need to hear that somebody is grateful for them. Uh, there is a lot of hurt. We are struggling with some very deep things, and... We all need to feel a little bit of God's love. And sometimes experiencing God's love is through that encouraging word from somebody else. Your encouragement could be just for the, the thing for them to take that next step that God has planned for them. Your encouragement can keep somebody from running away like I had wanted to all those years ago. So take that time to encourage the people around you. And a friendly reminder to all parents, caregivers, anybody who takes any second to talk to any of our amazing children here at our church and in the community when we are outside, our kids are humans. And they need the same care that you would probably extend to a perfect stranger. They are curious, cute little boundary testers that need so much encouragement as they grow so that one day they have the confidence necessary to hold a job, to have healthy relationships, to be productive members of society. And at the most basic level, we want them to know that Jesus loves them and for them to love themselves. So they need us to be patient, to mind our tongues, to display the behavior that we want them to follow. They don't need us to shame them. They don't need to be put down. They don't need to be reminded that they're not measuring up to so-and-so or their sibling over here or their cousin. If we can set these things up for them, we might actually be able to change the world. Because if we are displaying that behavior for our kids and they go out into the world, and even if they only affect 30 people, we have 25 kids here now. If each one of them affected those many people, we are going to see a ripple effect. And so I just want to have you think about the impact that our words can bring. Um, if you're not convinced, I do have one more Proverbs to share with you. 18.21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. I want you to hold on to that a little bit as we move on. Words have so much power, but they also give us a glimpse into who we are. 
The words flowing freely from our lips display so much of what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. Um, I cannot get through a sermon without bringing up Jesus, the person whom we are to model our life after. Uh, speaking to the Pharisees, Jesus says in Matthew 12:33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus is sharing the exact message that Proverbs shares. The words that we use can bring life and death. I'm going to hone us in on verse 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, a while back now, when we were in the book of Mark, I actually shared this word with you um, from Greek, and I'm going to share it again. It's cardia. That's the word used for heart. But that is not just the organ that pumps our blood. It's not the way that our culture re refers to our heart as like the center of our emotions. But heart in Greek was the center of all physical and spiritual life. Your thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors, your understanding, the seat of your intelligence, your will, your character, really the center of who you are. This is cardia. James 1.26 says, If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their cardia, their religion is worthless. We can show up. We can do all the good that we want in the world. We can give away our money. We can fill up our toys for tots bins. We can feed the hungry. But then we can go to the store and we can scream at a customer service representative because our 25% discount didn't come up. We can do all the most loving things for our friends and our family and then a stranger says something incorrect on Facebook or Twitter, and we are making sure to put them in their place. We can do all the good and turn around and lose our tempers and vent and spew all the vitriol that's within us in the moment, and every ounce of good that we have done is forgotten right then. Our hearts, our cardia, the very center of who we are, has shown then in those moments what our true intentions, where our motivations really are. Our mouths are displaying what we are actually feeling in that moment. Um, Jesus is telling us that we're displaying what's going on when we lose that control. The message that we're sharing with others is actually the opposite of what we probably want to display. Um, so this is actually a sermon series that I have been given for about 20 years in my house, to myself, and to my family. <laughs> right, Gary? All 20 years? 
Yep. Um, I've heard the questions. You can come at me with all the what if questions. Uh, what if the other person starts it? What if you're really right and you need to make sure that they know it? What if the person deserves it? It goes on and on and on. The scenarios are endless. I will not even attempt to address them all. But I will say it takes a lot of discernment and prayer to know what to say and when. There will always be ways to get your message across without being nasty. There are ways to say things that you can hold to truth while also trying to explain your stance. There are ways to walk through life without displaying foulness. Proverbs 15.1 says in today's reading, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Harsh word is not the actual word that we're using, but the motivation of the speaker. Where our cardia is, where our heart is, the anger and the strife in both of our people, like the person that's speaking and the person who's receiving, when we are using that harsh, that wrong motivation, it's not going to be received well. Um, I did learn a new phrase while researching uh, for this sermon. Words are the clothing to your thoughts. I'm going to just say that again because it was just, it, for me, it was eye-opening. Words are the clothing to your thoughts. So when we have a fleeting, angry, mean-spirited thought, we're really giving them power. We're giving them more precedence in our life when we are putting words to them. We're saying, I agree with this thought when we say it out loud. Um, I will admit, though, that sometimes it is necessary to say those things out loud. Sometimes the thoughts in our heads need to get out so we can work through them. There's a time and a place, though, for everything. We can talk to God. We can talk to our therapists. We can come and see our pastor. We can call our best friend on the phone. I've been known to type up angry emails and send it to my best friend. She's the only one that sees it, and she calls me, and she's like, you did not send that. I was like, nope, but I got it out. I feel like I sent it. I'm done. My anger's gone. Because there is a proper time and place for that. We have to get it out sometimes. We have to dissect and figure out what our motivations really are, what our cardia really is. Um, we can make plans and move forward and address all of that. But sometimes in the heated moment, it's probably not the time to say those things. Um, Proverbs 11:12 says, Whoever belittles another lacks sense, but an intelligent person remains silent. We almost always have the option to remain silent. Uh, this is the one thing that I love. If you don't have anything nice to say... Um, and maybe you're in another category and you feel like, oh, I just don't think I can do that. Well, Proverbs 17, 18 says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So, just saying. Um, now, I'm not, I'm going to say this because I'm not saying that always being silent is the only thing that we should do. Um, there are times that we do need to speak up. We need to stick up for ourselves. We need to stick up for others. We need to stand up for the marginalized. We need to be a voice for the voiceless. This is not what I'm addressing today. I am addressing more relational, one-on-one, -on -one, out in the world kind of situations. Um, but this is where prayer and discernment 
is absolutely necessary. Um, I'm going to teach you a little acronym that I've been using for years now with my kids. It's been up on the wall of our homeschool room, um, and they just, why are you saying it to me again, Mom? So, hey, kids, it's up on the, the board now. I want you to think before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? If you can't say yes to all five, silence is going to be key. As you start to train your mouth, your heart will start to shift too. Who you're looking at today is not the person I was 20 years ago, 40 years ago. We're all on a journey. No one is going to be perfect. But Matthew 12, 37 reminds us that by our words, I will be justified. By my words, I will be condemned. This scares the crap out of me. I'm so thankful for grace in that moment. Um, so you're not alone. We've all said things. We've all said things. Um, Quick side note, there are a ton of verses about gossip in Proverbs. Uh, I mean, I did say a two-hour sermon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to talk a little, but I feel like that's actually kind of preaching to the choir. Uh, this church is amazing with this. I want to praise you guys for a moment. Um, one thing I did not enjoy about smaller churches, one reason that I was nervous coming back into one is because of the constant backbiting. The second somebody would walk away, the other person would have to tell you what they actually thought. If an elder or a pastor made a mistake, the whole church would find out within a week. Well, I got here, and I said to Dan, like, I'm waiting for it to start. Three years later, you guys are awesome. It still hasn't started, so huge thank you for that. Um, the way to avoid gossip is to get good at being truthful and kind with the person you might have some beef with. I adore, I adore how I've seen you go to each other and talk it out. I love that you allow me sometimes to be a sounding board uh, to help equip you with what and how to say something to somebody who might have hurt your feelings. I love that I get to counsel people through those conversations. Uh, this is so much better than I ever could have imagined that it would be after so many dysfunctional church experiences. So thank you for allowing me and Pastor Dan to walk with you guys through situations instead of gossiping about one another. Keep up the good work. Um, as we are in a season of Advent, it's really the perfect time to look at the message that we are choosing to put out into the world. It's a good time to reflect back through our previous year and into the next. As we await the celebration of the coming of Jesus, we can choose to share pleasant words like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body, or we can choose the opposite. All right, are you ready for a challenge? Take some time this week. Take a look at what you're saying. Um, I want you to take a moment to examine what you're feeling and thinking before you spout off. Take a deep breath or multiple before you respond. I want you to pray and think first.
and walk away if you need to because silence is good. Um, if you need help in this, ask for it. Um, I love to ask my family when I'm noticing more anger and negativity coming out of their mouths, is what are you putting in? We say it all the time, good in, good out. Bad in, bad out. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? Our hearts and our minds are being discipled and influenced all the time. As adults, we have the opportunity to choose who we are allowing to pour into our lives. Now, as promised, I'm going to rewrite some of our cultural proverbs. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I really like that one. That's going to stay the same. Children should be seen and taught properly how to use their words. I'm rubber and you're glue, and whatever hurtful thing you say will hurt us both. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but the harsh words you use will stick with me forever. Please join me in prayer. God, thank you. Thank you for the reminder today that we cannot be perfect as you were perfect. And Lord, we need your help. Help us take time this week to think through our words, to think through the message that we are putting out into the world. Help give us strength and power to stay silent when needed. Thank you most of all for the Holy Spirit's guidance each step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.